0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we start today's podcast,
2: a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club, from restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit ShearlarksVIP.com Sherlock's Highlights Podcast with me, Georgie Courage-Cole. This week I'm joined by Pascal Day, Laura Black, and Georgina Blasky. Morning, morning, morning. Morning. I feel like everyone's quite chirpy today. The sun is shining. We're having this mini heat wave. By the time this podcast comes out, it'll be Thursday. And it'll be a thing of the past. Oh, don't say that. I'm enjoying it. Spring has sprung. I know it's
1: just, just a little taster. It's just
2: Oh, magic. we drove back, we had a few days in the Cotswolds, which we always do at half term, and we drove back into London and we were driving over Putney
3: Bridge and there were people in their shorts.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like, so, so excited, don't us. they?
3: But I was like, I want to crack open the rosy. I know, I walked <laughs> down the road near me where lots of cafes are yesterday and there were loads of people sitting in the sun in strappy tops with April spritzes. <laughs> About midday, and I thought it's still really? are, we, are
4: we there yet? But apparently we are. We know our We just get so excited. I know. I did go out on Saturday, and I wore like a, a dress with no like tights or anything like that, and it was fine in the day. But as soon as the sun went down, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my god, it's freezing!" Like last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely freezing. Once we shut the back door. Yeah, we were going <laughs> to have lunch freezing. outside yesterday, and then
2: I sat there in my coat. My husband was like, "Okay, let's go inside. <laughs> I can't <laughs> yeah. relax with you sitting here in your coat to have lunch." Anyway, (laughs) let's start with a bit of TV. What have people been watching, Georgina? I know you've been away.
3: You're sporting quite a good ski tan, so I'm not sure what you've got to add this week. Not a lot, I'm afraid. I did catch up on the final, well, the most recently broadcast episode of Cold Feet. I don't know if it's the last one, but it's for anyone who's been watching it. It was very exciting. (laughs) Who is is watching? (laughs) I don't know. But if you gave up on it, you made a bad choice (laughs) in your life because it's been this series has been back to as good as it was. Was in the old days so and um, there was a bit of a, a fallout amongst all the friends and uh, yeah lots of romance and it was really good so I was happily indulging in that last night oh well I do love Hermione Norris I mean she's not on our screens
2: enough actually I know she's, she's I sweated. don't know why because she should be mm. oh she's great I love her
1: okay Colfi won't be following you um,
2: <laughs> down that road
1: uh-huh. Laura what about you I've hardly watched anything, but we were just chatting about watching. It's not very cool, but I watched the final of the Greatest Dancer. Was yeah. it finished? Yeah, it was the final on It was the only one I watched, and watch any of the others. But I watched
3: the final. <laughs> <to> <laughs> You can't watch a final if you're not emotionally yeah, like, invested. Yeah, in I can't
1: say who won. But I do quite enjoy watching Cheryl Cole dance because they dance with their act. I is know, that's it. the bit about it I find a bit weird.
3: It's is like, she are good? you
1: judges or do you just want to dance yourselves? Yeah, but I quite enjoyed that. That was the only reason I watched it. I, I love she, watching her dance. Yeah, she's, is she a good she dancer? So good to, oh, she's such a good dancer. Yeah, is she? Yeah.
2: And the guy mm-hmm. from Glee, amazing. Yeah.
1: Can I just tell you what I watched at the weekend?
2: pitch perfect with oh, that time it them. is the best
1: oh my god it- <laughs> so
2: it's good so good yeah all this time. so a friend came round for tea last week it was half term so I did a few tea dates and she came round and she said I'm going to set up an a cappella group like the one in Pitch Perfect I was like hang on a second it keeps popping up on my Netflix things you might like to watch <laughs> so I watched it oh my god I literally raced into the gym I was so excited to watch the next one. It it's brilliant, so, isn't it? so good. good
3: so the yeah. end of the first one you know it references the breakfast club so then my daughter watched the first one and was like now we need to watch the breakfast club so we've now entered in a whole St. Elmo's fire Ferris Cooler world Ferris Bueller yeah it's really good I'm coming to the stage you know Matthew Broderick yeah in a play called the Starry Messenger which I think is starting in May and it's got Elizabeth McGovern the one who's in Downton Abbey who plays Lady Downton right so they're together in say so for any Fierris Bueller fans out there oh
2: you God, might I want to love check that out. Film. talking about watching old films with your children I have just started watching old films with mine spurred on by Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and they wanted to watch it so we put it on with Johnny Depp I mean Johnny Depp one of the most incredible actors of our time but he is not the right I Willy Wonka I hated really, that Yeah, that was sorry that film. I hated it too and so anyway we watched Yes. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The thinking. original Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Yeah, original. Yeah, the best. Which is still so good. So good. Shitty Chitty Bang Bang. Although, do you remember the Child Catcher? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, quite scared. My children were quite scared about yeah. that. They're like, it's not real, mommy. It's not real. Is it? I mean, <laughs> no. And what else did we watch? Sound of Music. Oh, please. Uh, Mary Poppins. Oh, yeah. Obviously, done Mary Poppins. So good. Other than old films, I also have started Dirty John. I won't bang on about it too much because Hattie talked about it on the show last week. The <laughs> But it's really good. Does anyone listen to the podcast? Yeah. I haven't, I'm doing it the wrong way around. But anyway, I'm doing it the wrong way around.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen both of them. I don't mind the series, but I think the podcast is better. Obviously, because that's the real thing. But
2: am really enjoying it. Yeah, it is and interesting. I'm loving. Do you know what this is? No, I was it's gonna great. say, is it alright to ask what this is about? So it's I don't a know. new Netflix series based on a true crime podcast about this 58-year-old interior designer who falls for this guy she meets online and within two months they're married and he's basically a bit of a psychic she's really rich isn't she she's like, really she's... Rich. Okay. I don't know any more than that right. other than I couldn't help myself at Google to find a real picture of him he was yeah. quite hot <laughs> he's not bad but it's sort of a bit like watching the OC like it's not dark and eerie and, and I quite like that and actually I think if my husband didn't know this was true crime he would have said I'm not watching this rubbish because mm. it sort of comes across a bit like a sort of glossy like a, film do you yeah. know what I mean but actually it's based on a true it story uh, it's mm. really good I've watched two episodes so far I love it how many are there? Eight. Yeah. And do you know what I said to him last night when we put it on? I said, I love the fact that this is gonna have an ending. Yeah. I'm slightly over these shows that you sit there and devote ten hours of your you're not gonna get a resolution because it's yeah. gonna be six series. Yeah. I'm just a bit sick of that actually. Yeah. Anyway. Don't you think
4: like the woman though a bit naive mm. maybe you haven't seen enough of it yet
2: but oh, she just irritate me in the mm. end I'm like you need to but in the beginning he's the dream I mean I've only yeah. seen two he yeah. is the he dream like a I'm not giving away Unlike, like I apologise to people that were listening to the podcast last week and were told by Pascal and Lou the entire plot <laughs> <know>. of two <laughs> different series I know I was listening to it going what too are you into doing it. stop
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: anyway one was a film and one was you on a series yep anyway
4: Pascal what have you been watching i haven't really watched much i watched the rugby this weekend don't really know what was going on wasn't it yeah it was like nothing happened for a long long time yeah. and like i don't really understand rugby anyway i just know to cheer when everyone else is cheering so i'm just
1: like
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, trial conversion just look out for those either touches the ground or it goes Gets goes over, over the bar. they're the good things they're the good things yeah, yeah. <laughs> i
4: also finished which i know i'm very late to lou told me last week is the assassination of gianni frisachi
2: i finished
1: uh,
4: yeah!
2: Did you really like it? Yeah, I liked it.
4: I quit. I oh, it. So did I.
1: Too
2: gory. But I think mm-hmm. I quit too soon because apparently it does get really good. Uh, I feel like I need to revisit because I watched it and thought, oh god, we know what happens here. Yeah, We've seen it already. But it goes back to all the previous
3: murders he committed. Yeah, fear. and like, that's his when I started I found that a bit repetitive and just a bit. I just found him <laughs> just horrible. too dark for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, me too. He's one of those real like
2: freaky, psychics, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: compulsive liar. I might need to go back to that. I think
2: it was really good. Yeah, I'd say. For finish it. I've also started The Homecoming with Julia Roberts. Oh, I've heard that's good. Yeah, it's good, actually. Although apparently she hasn't signed up for a second series, which I never really quite trust. But I'm loving that it's half an hour. Mm. Yeah, It's lovely. full of suspense. Yeah. And just having Julia Roberts back on our screens, it's obviously the day after the Oscars. And just seeing her last night up on stage, it's like, that's where you belong, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. <laughs> She's my up Okay, well, from TV to podcasts, and a podcast that's also going to be turned into a screenplay, is the one about the Theranos scandal. And Jennifer Lawrence is going to play the lead. She's going to play Elizabeth Holmes. She was the youngest female self-made billionaire. I think she was valued, or her company was valued at something like $5 billion. She was on the cover of Forbes magazine. I don't want to talk about it too much because I did talk about it on the show. But it just blows my mind. I'm looking at you, Pascal, because you wrote this piece. Yeah. It's really incredible, isn't it? It's mad.
4: Like, I just can't get my head around it. I just don't know how someone has such confidence in something that just doesn't work.
2: And uh, tell us what Theranos was. Okay, so Theranos was, like, a company she
4: started, she dropped out of Stanford University when she was 19 to start this company where instead of, like, taking blood from your arm, where it would be, like, really painful, you could just have, like, a pinprick and they'd take, like, a, a very pin- small <laughs> amount of blood and put it, like, in this little machine and it would tell you whether you've got, like, any diseases or whether, like like early stages of cancer, that kind of thing. When your cancer's back. Yeah. And it would take like no time at all, like a couple of hours.
2: But it just like didn't Didn't work. work. It was something like tests for, it could run 100 to
1: 200 different tests. Yeah. On your blood just from this machine like there and then. So I was reading this piece last mm. night. I mean, this is literally right up my street. I yeah, you're going to love it. this. Yeah. But I Googled her and she just looks so normal. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's, yeah. she adopted this persona. So it's really interesting. She was really
2: inspired by Steve Jobs. <laughs> the turtleneck. The turtleneck. The turtleneck. <laughs> Someone commented on her clothing and said, oh, Steve Jobs only wore black turtlenecks. So she then suddenly started wearing only black turtleneck. <laughs> she also adopted this really. Real yeah.
4: Voice. The voice is, yeah, so weird. is so weird. It <laughs>
1: sounds like Machine is talking. It's really weird. But that piece, wasn't her voice. Yeah, it said that when she had too many to drink, there were times when her yeah. voice just went a bit. Oh, is that yeah. right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, and people who knew her from before were like, she never talked like that when I
2: knew her. So weird. It's really fascinating. And you've got to listen to the podcast. It doesn't seem to have got to an end. I mean, she is facing up to 20 years in prison. I don't think the trials happened yet. That's as far as I've got to. There are only five episodes in my feed. I think there's six overall. Okay, well, I don't know where the sixth is. I couldn't find it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm hoping the movie will give me the ending. But it's just incredible how she conned all these people. She recruited Steve Jobs' right-hand man out of Apple. And he sort of forfeited thousands and thousands of shares that he had in Apple. I mean, the people that she recruited, so many people out of Apple. And ultimately, this product just did not work. She sold it into Walgreens. What I don't get is what she thought they were going to do when they opened these wellness centres within their stores with her product that didn't work. No idea. How did it get that far, though? How can you do that? What happened is they raised so much money, and I think because it's science and medicine, as investors, they perhaps didn't understand the science behind it, but just assumed that somebody somewhere had done their due diligence to prove this thing. And, I mean, Rupert Murdoch invested $125 my oh my God. Oh my Honestly, the people that invested... Bill Clinton was up on stage with her and he was like, wow, the future's all right because we've got Elizabeth Holmes. But he basically was like, we're in good hands. But mm-hmm. so it was him. never tested. It never... I think just there was this snowball effect of <gasps> God, incredibly so high-powered investors wading in with ten
1: of million dollars. And they
2: just went, well, that person must have done the due diligence because... They've invested. Do you see what I mean? Everyone just assumed that the person before That's them. That's so scary. Isn't did it? she yeah, believe it worked and it didn't? Or did she always know it didn't work? That is what I can't get my head around. In the disposition tape, she said, You know, I couldn't keep track of everything. And basically, there were all these people in the laboratory saying all these tests have come back and they don't work. And she was like, Well, don't include that data in the reports and they were like were you not concerned that the rest of the data was faulty I think she knew exactly what was going on but I couldn't get my head around whether she believed it or not at some point that product is not just going to be a piece of paper
3: it's not going to be an idea it's going to be something that has to work but also it's healthcare I think that's, that's so that's yeah. terrifying that's so, mm-hmm. shocking then where's your kind of moral compass to I know it's one thing to launch a product that maybe is fit for purpose but has for a, a finite of. period of time but when it's people's lives I know how are mm. you to do that they were going to test it on like people who
4: actually had cancer and people in the company were like this is really like morally dubious and I'm not okay with it. Giving like these people hope Mm. that had cancer or something like
2: that. Well, they tested someone who'd had cancer and the results came back so wrong. Like the level in your blood that would indicate that you had cancer was sort of a hundred times higher than it should be, to be clear. One thing I did hear, listening to the episode I finished this morning, actually, was that to make a change that kind of moves the earth in medicine takes so long. Mm. And actually, perhaps she was onto something But the company's obviously been shut down. She never had the chance. But then someone said there's a difference between a good idea and actually being able to make an idea happen, i.e. a car that could fly would be great. Mm. But that doesn't mean it can be done. Anyway, her being played by Jennifer Lawrence, I think, will be incredible. Yeah, she's great. Pascal, the spotlight's on you on this one. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because in your latest Millennial Problems column, you wrote about the taboo of not wanting children. And I'm glad you're with us today, because I wanted to delve a bit deeper. Okay, okay. It sort of fascinates me, and I think it's really worrying that the numbers are as they are, Mm -hmm. and I'll shut up in a second, but, you know, the birth rate in the UK is in decline and last year the US rate also hit an all time low. You said the other day it made you sad. It makes me really sad. It makes me really sad. I mean you're sitting here with three mothers. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> true. But you said nice nicer in theory but much less fun and far more unpredictable
4: in real life. Honestly I don't have much exposure to children like I don't have any like younger brothers and sisters, I don't have any younger cousins, anything like that. None of my friends have kids so I, I don't know any children so I don't really know what it's like to be around them for a long period of time. Stressful. I'm yeah, from what I've seen, <laughs> it seems stressful. But yeah, I'm getting to the age now where I think a lot of my friends are talking about it because you have to start thinking about it. I mean, I'm 28, and I feel like you have to start thinking about it to make a plan for yourself at some point. It's just not something that appeals to me. Mm. Like, it's expensive.
2: 75000 $75, from birth to 18. Just for I felt that was a big concern. Including <laughs> <laughs> <Student laughs> housing, childcare, and council tax at 75000 Childcare,
1: yeah. <laughs> but I also think you're 28. And you said that you might have had a slight shift from 23, was it?
4: Yeah, I mean, like, you never know. I might reach my, like, mid-30s and be like, oh,
1: yeah, now I really, really want Because I think like, I've like, got I lots of friends that were probably quite similar to you. Do you? Um, yeah, I do. I think I like, definitely, 28, people are like, I can barely look after myself. Why, <laughs> how would I be able to look after, you know, a small human being? And then they kind of got to their early 30s and changed their opinion, and now they're either pregnant or have yeah, had a baby. Yeah, and they might not want multiple babies, because I think even with one child, you can still sort of carry on your life. The millennial generation now, I think, will see a lot of single-child
2: families. Yeah, Because I think, you know, the reality, cost-wise, mm-hmm. you know, what? you can live in yeah. I think just the chaos as well to your life I think the millennial lifestyle is so appealing and I, yeah, that's why I'm fitting a yeah. child into mm. that
1: I think with one, you can keep that. But when you start getting into multiple children, it becomes much more of a...
2: Yeah. But then you're with the person you think you'll be with for a significant mm-hmm. amount of time. Is that right yeah. like to say that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And he's how old? He's 35 this year. So you're with someone who you think is your future. Mm-hmm. I think that's the difference in mindset. I think there might be people who, when I was younger, didn't think they wanted children yet, didn't want children, but as soon as they met someone that they thought was their kind of
1: like mm,
3: yeah, then that kind of changed. Does he want children? No. So I think that's the other thing. If one of you does and one of you doesn't, and it's more often the woman who's driving that decision. Yeah. There are relationships where the woman isn't ready or just wants to wait a bit and then obviously that's more complicated but if you're both kind of on the same page. I think if I change my mind in the future, I'm not sure he'd change his mind.
2: Oh really? I was going to say, could you think he'd be swayed? No, I think he's just not into it. But men aren't into it. I had a family friend, friends of my parents and he was adamant he didn't want children. Mm -hmm. She really did and she said okay, we won't have children. And they eventually, it kind of broke her heart and they got divorced by which time she couldn't have any children. Oh no. And he then got remarried to someone much younger and she went. Oops! I'm pregnant, and they now have three children. <gasps> oh, amazing father. That's and awful. His, his ex-wife, who was a really, really lovely lady, has lost out on. I think, kind of what we're put on this planet to do. But it's not for everyone. And I do accept that, by the way. Anyone who's listening who's chosen not to have children.
3: Mm. I think it's weird that society has become so suspicious. I think there's a suspicion around people who don't want to have children. I agree like, with that. don't want to have children. And the expression of being kind of childless as a woman. Like a bad yeah, thing. Like we believe we're here to procreate the next yeah. generation. And somehow if you don't do that, whether it's... Particularly if it's not a biological decision, it's an intellectual <laughs> decision, then I feel like people are kind of somehow demonised or... Mm. People are suspicious. They don't know what box to put you in sometimes. And that just feels a bit unfair because I don't think everyone necessarily has got that maternal instinct. I know there are certainly friends of mine who are much more maternal than I was. I always just assumed I'd have children, but I never sort of felt this oh I've got to have them and luckily I did have them so quickly it just sort of happened anyway so I didn't ever have that big moment of oh will I or won't I and am I happy to pursue but I didn't have that
2: (gasps) I've got to I I always knew I would I wasn't that person who was just like you know I work and I want to be more than just a mother but the thought of not being a mother and mm. the love. I mean, that's why we're here. Like, it's so cheesy, but love is what makes the world go round and why you get up every day. And I think maybe
1: I just haven't lived enough of my life yet. I think you'll get to sort of a few years time. I don't know if anybody's ever 100%, 100% It's yeah. such a massive life mm. change. My, it's always going
4: to be scary. Yeah. My sister, I don't think she wants children either. And I don't think my mum wants either of us to have children. So I think it's just like a family thing. Why would Um, your mum say that? Because she just, like, thinks that this is, like, a horrible world at the moment.
2: She's just, like... I get that. I I sat there with my husband yesterday. We were talking about Brexit and... Sorry to say the B word on the podcast. That's as far as I'll go. But I said, do you think we're going to end up as this power that ruled the world and now doesn't? He's like, well, that's what we are. (laughs) And I said, but will we be that sort of sad country that's kind of left with no real future? And we're bringing up children. Should we be moving to South America, to Brazil, to India? (laughs) Should we be taking them to an emerging economy where they're going to have a brighter future? And I was like, what are we doing? And I totally have that worry about the world that we brought our children up to I if do that's too. why you don't have children I fully really understand that because that keeps me awake at night And yeah.
3: then it's that new generation that symbolises hope and the future Yeah, and I think if you don't have that in a society then you are in danger of stagnating even more and I think you know the fact you've got all those kids last week out marching for climate change taking themselves out of yeah. school I mean you need that hope for mm. the future and, and, and I children think children
1: are born you... with them wars like them and you know they've
3: come out okay
2: I think I just worry about the future of this country and what the opportunities will be for their generation
3: so maybe a few people not wanting to have children is a good thing yeah, if there are going to be less opportunities
2: I just think millennials are and I'm by the way I'm not down on millennials and I am by a year a millennial I'm not a millennial, but you know, <laughs> I think they are in really exciting ways kind of defying all the rules and the stereotypes and there are such positive things happening for women. I just hope it doesn't get lost that actually I think the most rewarding thing I've ever done is have children and...
3: Yeah, when you look back on your life and think oh I wish I'd written more <laughs> features or I wish yeah. I'd yeah. gone to the pub more and I don't know and There's more to life going out for it? brunch and having a lion and nice holidays Ooh. And I think also I was working out the other day that when my son, my youngest leaves home, well obviously he won't he'll probably be living with me till he's about 35 and hopefully getting married and maybe having some kids I want to be I, a granny one day well, yeah I was thinking <laughs> so, I'll be 50 so I can then do my as I love that reference to when Harry met Sally in here which is actually my favorite film do <laughs> um, yeah, we never go to Rome on a moment's notice like, oh my god I love that line and I was thinking well you know what when I'm 50 I'll be going to Rome every weekend on a moment's notice <laughs> if I want to can you have it all I don't know but maybe you can have pockets in your life where you're working hard and you're raising a family and it feels really tough actually and it is hard and it is expensive but then you know you get your little wins later and it's just like a constant flow up and down of being tired or not being tired yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. anyway if you had sat in our car driving back from the country yesterday and heard my children fighting you would have uh, definitely have said made your yep, decision. no I'm <laughs> happy with my decision and my 85% has gone back up to 100% yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On the subject of parenting, I'm going to get myself in hot water today. I think I should gag myself for this next section. <laughs> because, Laura, you interviewed Brenda Hart, who is a qualified and professional nanny, about what to do if your baby struggles to fall asleep or wakes frequently in the night and needs to settle him. She told us all about the importance of having a routine, what age you can start a routine, how long it takes, what to do if your baby is crying etc etc. It was a very in-depth piece. I
1: am definitely of the Brenda School of Thought. <laughs> I'm okay you, Laura. So am I. It's not for everyone. It's definitely not for everyone. I actually spoke to Brenda when I had my first child and it is a hundred percent not for everybody, but it worked for me. And she, uh, she, (laughs) disclaimer. Yeah, exactly. She is hardcore, but she believes that routine is key. For any parent out there, she's quite Gina Ford esque. Don't know if Brenda will like that, but she likes a routine. And she believes that once your child is heavy enough, or I think she says 12 weeks or 12 10 pounds. 10 pounds, 10 weeks. 10, I think Brenda might be a bit more generous. 12 okay. weeks, 12 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> that your baby should be able to sleep through the night, maybe with a feed at sort of 10 or 11. And I have to say, it was hard, but my baby did sleep through at 10 weeks and I'm forever indebted to this lady because (laughs) she sleeps. Because you have a routine. actually, this is the key to going to the supermarket, Pascal, because if they
2: have a routine, you can put them to their sleep, leave their father with them and you
1: can go to the supermarket. Yeah, two hours in a day, you get your jobs done. (laughs) But she is quite strict and she doesn't have much leeway. The first time she came to see me and my baby was really crying at lunchtime and she sort of just walked out the door and I was like, what do I do? She's screaming. She was like, well, she's fine, you just leave her and it was quite hard but you do you know the older she got I realised when she was making noise because she was pissed off and when she was making noise because she was actually sad and I kind of learnt her ways and she did fit into the routine pretty quickly afterwards but I know I have a sister who works in a very opposite way and I'm probably a bit strict so I know it's not for everybody but um, it was for me <laughs> well I am in Laura's
2: camp and the rest I believe that a routine buys you freedom you know we are put on this earth to sleep through the night we are not put on this earth to drink milk four times a night or to get up and sleep in bed with our parents or any of these other things and I think as our
3: parents it's our job to train them <laughs>
2: Gina's <laughs> looking at me going are you really saying this on a podcast? No I'm no, <laughs> <no.
3: laughs> I'm just nodding along I feel exactly the same I got the Gina Ford book and I started it too soon and so Do you know who Gina Ford is? I have Pascal. no idea what any of you are talking about So right she wrote now. a it's... book called The Contented Baby Book and it yeah. is full of I would say to the minute schedules, like 7am, brush your hair and eat toast. That's for the mother, (laughs) not the baby. But I think it's quite a controversial book, but it kind of works for some It's most controversial because she's not actually a mother, is she? She's a a maternity nurse. She's looked after very, very young babies. So they're saying, if your baby's
2: crying in the night, don't get up. Just leave the baby to cry. They're saying that... At a certain age, we as humans are able to sleep through the night Mm -hmm. and that you basically need to train your baby to do so. And the best way to do that is to put them in a routine, which means they are awake for a certain amount of time during the day and they have enough milk so they are not starving ravenous in the middle of the night and therefore they are more likely. And as... The weeks go by, the routine changes and they have a bit less time asleep during the day and a bit more to eat and you're basically building them up to be strong enough and
1: big enough and old enough to well, sleep through the
3: night without having to be woken up. Yeah. But without having to wake you quite up. It's controversial
1: because should you leave a baby to cry?
3: Okay. But if you know your baby has a dry, clean nappy and has had their milk, you might still check on them. It's not like you have to not go in the room for 12 hours. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you're not, there not abandoning them. And are things for video <laughs> monitors now so yeah. you can actually watch them. But I did control crying and I remember my husband would come home and I'd say, pick up the evening standard and I'd just sit outside the bedroom flicking through the evening standard and especially once in a little bit older and you know when their routine changes again and then they start waking up for other reasons and I would just kind of do things outside the room so they could sort of know I was there but essentially they were self-soothing yeah. mm-hmm. and I was leaving them to cry and I think it's, it's definitely makes such a difference oh I remember sitting working and then sitting then on the steps outside Coco's
2: room going right okay she's being a pickle now I've been in three times and picked her up for a cuddle she just wants another cuddle basically Ooh. so but I, don't know, I sat on the step with literally a stopwatch I think <laughs> it's like, someone had said 10 minutes you can give them 10 minutes and on about minute number 8 she was still going and I was thinking it was like an stop. hour and you are hearing your baby and they're sobbing yeah, I mean, but, and but, this isn't and a stop. then stop. suddenly but, asleep like yeah. literally and this was at 7.30 at night and she was used to going to sleep at 7pm and she just got overtired so she couldn't stop and literally, that was the last time she ever cried, putting her down at seven. From then on, seven o'clock went to bed. Yeah. It's meant
3: to be a release, though, isn't it? When they cry, isn't there some kind of way of self-soothing? That they crying and they're kind of letting all that... Energy out, and then they exhaust themselves essentially. So they <laughs> yeah, can't they asleep. fall asleep, <laughs> and crying. Yeah. The thing I would say is that I've had three babies quite close to
1: each other, and with my first, I was very like literally to the minute. No, you cannot fall asleep here. You can't. I mean, when you've got your third, you can't because you're doing school pickups, and eventually they fall into it if you stick to it pretty loosely yeah those routines are routines. yeah maybe a couple of weeks later but you know he eventually got there and I don't
2: think you need to be quite as strict I agree with that so someone said to me once who was an older mother and I always write this in cards to new mothers two things one is that No one ever died from tiredness and no baby ever died from crying. And I remembered both of those things and it kind of got me through They get there eventually. Mm. Mm. The only emotion they can show is to cry. Yeah, exactly. So So anyway, more sleep advice from Brenda. Visit brendathenanny.co.uk. Let's change the subject before I get into real trouble. Let's talk about how to curate your social media for employers. Because the reality is that whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, potential employers are going to go straight onto your social media accounts before you make a job offer. I certainly do. It's literally the first thing I do. Do you do all of them? No. I usually go LinkedIn first. Mm -hmm. I'm always interested to see if they're connected to anyone I know, work-wise. And it just always gives you a very quick snapshot of where they've been, how quickly they've moved what their education is, you know, CV's quite long and waffly sometimes. So I always do that. It amazes me how many people don't have an up-to-date LinkedIn profile. It's like your shop window. Yeah. I was also interested to see that in this piece it said that users with a profile photo have 21 times more views the members who don't i can definitely imagine that though yeah like if i ever saw
4: a linkedin profile that doesn't have a picture on i'm just like no
2: yeah you're like is yeah. That of the person? yeah is that the person yeah.
4: is that real i'm with you on that like just why wouldn't you have one seems strange to me
2: i think it's also just really key to remember that linkedin is a professional platform things like your profile photo shouldn't be you with a cocktail on holiday oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a cv and i think
4: that's do you think it's okay to have a selfie as your LinkedIn picture? No.
2: It has to be essentially It's like... a headshot, isn't it, really? You don't need to hire Nathan Pask for a, you know, for thousand pound headshot. But, you know, just get somebody to take a picture of you against a white background or something. Yeah, like I've seen a few selfies. And I'm like, oh, no. I just yeah. don't know about that. Facebook, it said to set your profile to private I thought that was a good one and actually I thought it was interesting to flag like the differences between Facebook and Instagram and the point in this piece did you write this piece yep I really like the point you made about it being a good platform to showcase your personality and actually how it can help you career wise I guess it's difficult isn't it because is it a personal thing of you doing shots on a Friday night or is it something that is there to demonstrate your knowledge of the industry and to kind of curate a look and a feel difficult to know my
4: friend is a model and she just has two does she, she has like mm. her model one and then she has her normal one yeah that's yeah that's private that's, exactly that's what I do for Instagram now yeah I think yeah, that's a good idea
1: mm, I don't want people just peering in on my personal life I think it's a bit weird and yeah. yeah I don't feel like I
3: want my children plastered all over it personally yeah so I set up another one yeah. yeah I've got the same I was doing some parenting travel it was for a parenting magazine I was traveling and to be honest it was the other way around I was having to to do certain numbers of posts and coverage and I just didn't really want to rub my friends' faces in. I like, know yeah. I am mm. in this amazing hotel <laughs> mm. <laughs> and it's kind of like which I'm not payable and I just thought I just don't feel very comfortable with that and then obviously it goes the other way too where actually I'm doing something you know with my friends and I don't necessarily want people who I work yeah. with yeah. I think that's good that works. Works. because again Instagram
2: is somewhere that I will always go to so the two, I will, will look at our LinkedIn and Instagram mm. And it can be really telling, especially in the sort of editorial team, I would say, mm. that if somebody says they're a food journalist or an interiors journalist, you want to go and you want to see great visuals and that they've been to the right it's places and that they mm. get it and that they're on brand with you. And I think you can tell so much. I think it's really good advice too. Mm. Twitter.
4: I just we don't like tweeters? Twitter anyway.
2: I don't use it anymore. I just so. feel like
4: it's so negative. Yeah it's just where people get into arguments. Mm. But that's probably a good
2: place to go and see what someone's personality is really like. Yeah. I think they're... it's the one that can go against you. Actually yeah, definitely. Mess. Definitely. And I think, if i was honest, I would say I have definitely looked at potential employees on Twitter and seen some quite aggressive, yeah, negative comments. You know, people just almost picking fights and mm. I don't mean sort of scrappy thing. I just think attacking brands yeah. attacking publications can become quite political and quite nasty and quite chippy and
1: you look like you're going to be trouble I think a lot yeah. of people yeah. use Instagram stories for that now don't they do you think yeah I think a lot of people do if they've got like an opinion or a brand's not doing something that they like some people will put it on Instagram
3: so stories. is there no digi- I know Instagram stories disappears after 24 hours but is there any way unless someone has filed it you know in the top? Tw- Mm-hmm. Is there any way as a viewer that you're able to access old stories no I don't, don't think so okay. no. so if you wanted a rant that is the, no that because would it, it was created on the Snapchat model so mm. no yeah.
2: you're in quite safe hands <laughs> to vent that's, that's yeah. my place to find Instagram stories I feel like there's a real difference between
4: Facebook and Instagram Instagram is very much like this is me but Facebook I only ever use it for my family I just never go on Facebook I don't yeah know. I don't really, really? go on never. it anymore but that's just for my family I don't want employees to see it because I'm like no really I think personal. just say you've no. got to keep it quite
1: private I have like all my privacy things uh, on on Facebook
2: Yeah In summary I think the rules are Keep Facebook private Get your LinkedIn in order Get a decent headshot Get it up to
1: date And get a second Instagram account There you go Simple as
2: that Let's talk about gossiping Apparently it's been proven to promote cooperation And boost your self-esteem I don't know What do you think about that? I feel like this made me feel better about being a gossip.
4: Are you a big, I can't imagine you being a real gossip. I think I'm a massive gossip, more with like friends stuff and family stuff. I just can't hold it in my mouth. I have to get
1: out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I need to point out that the definition of gossip, well, as defined by evolutionary scientist and anthropologist Robin Dunbar, is actually the discussion of social topics. I love that.
1: <laughs> I'm not gossiping. I'm discussing
2: <laughs> social <laughs> topics. <laughs> I think the trouble is, more often than not, good gossip is negative rather than positive. Sadly, there's something in us, isn't there, that likes to see stars fall and talking about other people and slightly negative. Hmm. But that's Makes what they said in here.
4: Like, it's more negative because, like, back in the day, it would be a way of, like, cleansing their social circle. Like, if there was anyone doing anything bad, it would be like, you gossip about
2: it and then kick them out. It did say here that, at best, gossip is used to strengthen communities and it shows bonds being created between individuals I do think it is a sign of being quite a good friend with someone being able to gossip with
1: them isn't that's why I, I think you need like a small group that you can offload to yeah. and then kind of be done with it I do think talking about other people though can get quite
2: boring just talking about what other people are doing I've definitely had moments when I've sat down and thought this is a really boring track I'd rather talk about a film or something on TV
3: or a book or an interesting business. The idea that it's boosting self-esteem, to me, is that any different from when someone posts something mean on Instagram and then they put someone else down to make themselves feel better. better. Mm. So, you know, it's like the school bully who says something mean about somebody and then they walk away feeling better. So I think there's obviously that negative, darker side to it. But I think most people you know they're with a friend somewhere and they're just having a little rant they're letting off some steam like you say or they've probably gossiping about something quite insignificant and it's just a bit of a bonding exercise it's indicative of like you said the strength of your relationship yeah you feel you can reveal your true thoughts about somebody or something that's happened
2: i just think there's a difference between having a natter and having a gossip and actually i always think to be able to natter with someone you need to know them a well enough or b see them frequently enough yeah you need to sort of say how was that thing you Yesterday, or what's that thing you're doing? You know, it's quite difficult to natter with someone that you don't see on quite a regular basis. But I do
1: just so enjoy conversation. My dad used to always say, talk about issues, not people. Yes. So when we were around the table, if it ever went on to people, he'd always try and bring it back. Would he? Yeah. And be interested and, you know, learn something. Yeah, Don't I just agree. talk about what other people
3: have done. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Negative gossip can feel quite small, isn't it? Doesn't it doesn't make you feel good. No. no. And it's a very small conversation, really, that you're having, because all mm. you're doing is just taking other people down. Or.
1: But I think there's a difference between offloading, for me, like, you can have an offload to a friend and that's it but i feel like gossip filters out because you want it to yes go to it well gossip feels damaging yeah exactly it also feels like you're getting a kick out
2: of someone else's situation absolutely it tends it's not to be fair. a negative situation going back to what your dad said my mother had a great friend who's quite sort of intellectual Round for supper once and we were all sitting there wishing on about whatever we were not it wasn't very interesting well she didn't find it very interesting she said do you think we could change the subject <laughs> about the election it was just before an election and we then had this really great conversation and i don't know if she was so true we also do you remember we went to fortnum's before christmas and they had that dinner party chat and it was to spark the topic spark the topic so and there's a game that i bought my husband which is called dinner party chat and we took it on holiday with my parents and we pulled it out and one of the questions was which city would you like to live in the world? And my that went first, and he said Canada. And we said, oh, why Canada? And he started telling us all these stories about... His time in Canada that we didn't know anything about. And it was so
1: fascinating. You know, you can have such interesting conversations. And conversation, I think it's only... such an easy yeah. option to talk about, you know, as you said, like something that nothing, somebody's done wrong. basically nothing. But you can learn so much from talking to people. Everybody, no matter what their background, has got something it- interesting. interesting to say. I so I just think. You know, you've just got to use your time with people to just to learn about them. I think it's yeah. people have always got an interesting story.
4: Me and Ollie play this game, we played it on Friday. We'd gone out for dinner, we'd had like a bottle of wine, and we came back and we just put our Spotify on the big speaker. And then we each just pick a song and we're like, say why we like that song, and like just going back really Lovely. far. And we were like, This reminds me of when I used to like be in my room and my dad would come in and like songs that remind us of our parents and stuff like that. And that's that brings really- back- memories no, it's really really nice. like you were in desert
1: island yes. yeah oh
2: i'm gonna play that yeah <laughs> just like i know him so well but you just always learn something new about yeah. each totally. other yeah on christmas eve we had my in-laws to stay for the night and we sat at the table and my mother-in-laws Austrian, and i was like tell me about your life and tell me what it was like growing up in austria and it wasn't long after the war. And, and, we just, and even my husband was like, God, that was my mother, but I learned so much about her tonight.
1: And I always think you learn so much quite often when somebody's died. And if you could just ask them when they're here, mm-hmm. it's so interesting mm-hmm. to hear
3: people's stories. I mm-hmm. think you just need to... Yeah. I was listening to something on the radio the other day and the kids were in the car and they're like, oh, not one of these talking radio stations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to listen. And this woman was talking about history of spaghetti bolognese in the UK. <laughs> and my son's like, I'm like, really? What yeah, <laughs> is interesting? Like, well, you just assumed it's come over from Italy, but actually, let's listen. I know, listen to it, and, and I thought exactly what you just said. Laura. I was thinking. I really need to listen to my parents and hear what they know about their parents Mm. who are no longer with us. Because you know, in another ten years, I won't be able to. What am I going to be able to tell my children about their great grandparents? And there's a lot of history there, and actually some really interesting stories. And totally. And my granny is really.
1: I mean, she's in a home and does not speak much sense anymore. And I just so often sit with her, and I think God, you're full of so many stories from the war and all those incredible things you did and I would just love to absorb all those stories that you've told me in the past that I just don't remember because mm. once you that's that generation then mm. it's you know yeah moved on well I hope you were going to inspire everybody listening to take their conversation less
2: gossip yeah yeah, yeah. more interesting conversation maybe we should start a movement <laughs> Hashtag interesting conversation. Well, this moves us neatly on to how to improve your IQ. Didn't they say that the most successful business leaders in the world read an insane amount of books? Doesn't oh. Bill Gates read sort of six books a week or something crazy like that? Oh, my God. Anyway. How hard do they have time. Neither app, Blinkist... Which yeah. condenses yeah. non-fictional books into, is it 20 minutes? I've got a great friend. She works for Google. She got me onto it. And she said, by the time I've got to work, I've read three books every day. I went, what? I Because then you need Blinkist. <laughs> and I think the point about Blinkist is apparently somebody said that non-fiction books can all be condensed into sort of 12 points. And actually, you know the art of being a good public speaker or a good networker or being happier or whatever ultimately they're kind of made up of a sort of dozen points just really padded out into a chapter and that makes that replace my
1: podcast for a few days
2: (laughs) i listened to one on the art of a good marriage it was really interesting it was 20 minutes it was a whole book but i got it 20 minutes anyway we were talking about how to improve your intellectual quotient It's easy to think your intelligence is a fixed number once you reach a certain age. But actually, there are plenty of activities that are proven to significantly improve your IQ. From learning languages to meditation. Sadly, I discovered that reading through this list, I'd done quite a few of these or attempted to and failed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What
4: that means. yeah. Have you?
2: <laughs> yeah. I can play the boxer. Wow. But I think it took me three years at school and a big waste of money. <laughs> um so yeah, crap at the guitar, crap at meditation. Despite doing a French degree, I'm pretty crap at languages. Yeah. I don't think I've got the patience for chess. Can you
4: speak fluent? French, then?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the trouble with going to Paris and working for an international company is that whilst it might get you a job as a graduate, so it doesn't teach you much French when the business language is English. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was useful, but not really when it came to improving my French all that much. Okay. Anyway. What
1: else was on the list? The Mensa app, exercises. I more. actually screen grabbed the Mensa app and sent it to my mum last night, having read this article. Did so you? She'd love that. So
2: the Mensa <laughs> brain That's training like app.
1: <laughs> well, I think she she just loves anything that like trains her brain. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, like little puzzles. Yeah. Anyway, it has challenging exercises developed by industry professionals professionals to enhance fluid
3: intelligence. There you go. Mm. Exercise, apparently. Yeah, that was interesting. I've read things before about what to do when you get to a point that you've got dementia in your family or Alzheimer's or things like that, that after you're about 50, your IQ can diminish. So you should be trying to build it up. And I would read about the languages and musical instruments, but I thought the exercise was really interesting. So does that mean if you're not good at languages or musical instruments, then you're just not
2: that bright? <laughs> oh, is there a correlation? <laughs> there? Maybe there is. Maybe there is. I think musical people are quite bright. Actually, I actually think back to school I put science maths in that camp like I was good at English and history and things that I could learn I could get my head around biology but forget it when it came to chemistry and physics I was completely and utterly stuffed Hmm. Uh, you can't teach yourself these things you've either got it or you haven't Yeah. maybe it's the same with music Yeah. exercise I don't think I could exercise any more than I do so really and I definitely not got the patience for chess do we have any chess players amongst us oh no no I've got some quite prolific chess players in my family could they not see down for tutorial do back, maybe gammon. it's in your jeans then fair backgammon oh yeah me
3: too yeah I think I'll take up bridge at some point Georgina are you a bridge player yet? oh well that's an interesting <laughs> topic just brought up there because we have this big annual road dinner at the end of January and we were sitting down talking about it and uh, turns out there's a bridge movement in Wandsworth and uh, there's a woman who is running bridge courses and she sent me the link and I was like okay you know maybe this is something I should think about so I think it's, think it's a it's good skill to, be, to learn yeah and social
1: yeah Exactly. And it would give you something to do when you're old and doddery. Yeah. I'm all for it. Oh my God, completely. My husband's grandmother, she has the best social life and oh. she's 94. Mm. and she plays Bridge twice a week yeah. my granny's serious serious Bridge player
4: It's Bridge a long game I've yes. never played I don't know what it is it's a card game it's like Monopoly
2: like it goes on for a long time very like Monopoly uh, <laughs> I don't think anything goes on for as long as Monopoly however I don't know if I've ever played a game of Monopoly that's ended yeah. Junior Monopoly however is brilliant it ends very quickly yeah <laughs> great <laughs> it's like the abridged version yeah. <laughs> someone had their head screwed on when they came up with that one Yeah. the thing I think I was most interested on on this list is adding creatine to your diet. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I'm not sure. But research has shown that if you take five grams of creatine a day, you can bump up your IQ by a massive 15 points. That's crazy, isn't it? Just by eating something. I know. It's known primarily as a popular sports supplement. Studies have shown that creatine can significantly increase muscle mass and strength. And it can increase your IQ because it's key in lifting the energy energy levels that your brain needs to process information I oh, that
3: was fascinating can you give that to children
2: <laughs> <if you can. laughs> but also my son is dyslexic and struggles to process information yeah so that's making me think should he be trying creatine? Mm. maybe we'll see we'll we. really big and strong as well that'd be good <laughs> already quite big Changing the subject altogether. Chances are you and your friends aren't in the market for feminine hygiene products. Sorry, you're probably regretting saying you do today's podcast. <laughs> but while you might think you don't need them, they are getting more popular. We, I say we, I'm not involved in that we, but a few were put to the test. They included a soothe and smooth shave gel. It's okay. the charcoal mask. <laughs> <Is that oil? laughs> a charcoal mask. I mean, Please. Formulated in Singapore, this was apparently made for those suffering with dryness. Aiming to rejuvenate and brighten the skin of your vulva. Who needs to brighten the skin of their vulva?
4: I was given this as a Christmas present.
2: What? Wow, weren't you? Who yeah. bought it? Did you discover it?
4: It was Jess in the office. who gave it to me for my secret Santa present, but I just can't bring myself <laughs> to use it. Oh,
1: no. Did you open it?
4: No, I haven't opened it yet. There's never just a good time to use it.
1: Oh, it's vulva mask time. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's time for my <laughs>
2: there is one that i highlighted more because it's multi-purpose which was the woo woo i like the names there's <laughs> something called fur, fur oil something called the perfect v beauty sheet the woo woo that chamomile intimate wipes which said, uh, we won't deny that these are easy to use and great if you want to quick freshen up. They can be used under your armpits too. I thought I was far more likely to use them on my armpits <laughs> yeah. than my vagina. I'm saying the word now, Georgina. you oh, the room. Yes, yes, that's the word. For anyone that wasn't listening to the podcast a few months ago, Georgina told me off for uh, encouraging my children to call it their back bottom, front bottom, front, front bottom. Front <laughs> and now I have to keep saying vagina to Coco. I was like, we were on a bike ride and I was like, "Oh, this is really hard." We went on a bike ride, day two of a family bike ride, and I was like, "Oh." This my front bottom. I couldn't say vagina. My pride. <laughs> yeah.
3: Give it time.
2: Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. The only moment that I can imagine myself using these wipes is if I was at a festival and there was no shower.
3: Yeah, isn't it like you're not supposed to use anything on it? it yeah, it's not it, right. You're not like, messing a bit with Mother Nature. If yeah, you get all these things.
2: Well, there is certainly there. a 10% increase in the sale of self-care products but the takeaway from this piece was try to remember just how clever your (laughs) vagina is when it's left to its own devices it's highly effective self-regulating system isn't a myth i didn't know it had a highly effective self-regulating system it's true and this helps keep it healthy most of the time without the need to douche soak and wipe out all the good microbes that protect your vagina (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway
2: Do you remember T's and C's Do you remember That if you are Experiencing itching Burning or redness That you should See your doctor mm-hmm. Top hacks For long lasting Eye makeup It seems a waste To artfully Apply your makeup first thing in the morning only to have it disappear by 3pm apparently there are several things you can do to counteract the afternoon melt are oh, there I did try a setting spray the other day that worked pretty well did it I'm, I'm quite tempted by a yeah. setting spray it's the Urban Decay one that's the one everyone yeah, is one F- about yeah that's the one you, you
1: don't, don't
3: feel tight it's not yeah, like tightness on your you skin yeah I don't think you feel tight
2: no
1: hmm, really no. I might try that's that that's how Maya
2: felt when she used to use hairspray in on her face, <laughs> yeah, oh, teenager. Teenager. yeah, exactly. Um, no, I didn't feel tight, and I've never used it before. People have always talked about it, people yeah. talk about it here. And actually, it was after the show, and I don't know if it was psychological, but I was like, Oh, I'm sure my makeup's lasted really well today, okay? Because I found my eyeshadow does start to crease, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Any other tips people use? I thought it was quite interesting. Rela- One of them said that they wet the brush. I thought that was quite interesting I'd never do that try wetting the brush pre-application for eyeshadow yeah oh yeah I see that mm-hmm. it, it will have a magnet venturing in all of the colour pigment I would oh, just cool. never do that yeah I would never think to do that it just goes on a lot stronger yeah
2: I washed my brushes the other day it wasn't quite dry and I went to put some bronzer on and I was like oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've actually got a stripe
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. More, more, more prominent than normal stripe down my face I use a uh, Laura Mercier eye primer so you just dab yeah. it over your eyelid and then put your eyeshadow on top so that there's um, no yeah, not I use it every day but if I'm going out for a long evening or if I'm doing something where I want my makeup to stay on then it is quite good and it kind of stops it going into those little creases the oily creases yeah so I think that's when I good. do
4: wear makeup I do use a primer on my eyes especially because really? I do like flicks I don't really wear eyeshadow but I do wear liquid eyeliner and that just helps it stay on and if my skin's too oily like it just doesn't get on there properly
2: yeah so yeah
4: a primer I think works best for me
2: I find with mascara if you do and I got this from Lisa but I think she said with Vaseline, but if you just put a tiny bit of water on your finger and then pad your eyelashes, it just softens them and then you can put more mascara on because you obviously can't put mascara on top of dry lashes. It doesn't go on.
3: So is that no. putting it on for the oh. first time or no. reapplying? If you wanted to just put a bit more on yeah. for the evening. Okay. Oh, slightly lightly dampen
2: your lash. Tiny bit so you don't have to run down your cheeks. Interesting. So just wet your finger. I wondered about that. Touch your lashes. It just loosens it so you can put a bit more on. Ah.
1: Because you can't that's build a good tip. mascara.
2: No.
3: That's I guess, right?
2: yeah. Anyway, I'm out of tips when it comes to making your makeup last. I'd say put some spares in your bag and touch it up later. Yep. Let's finish with a bit of fashion. let have talk suitcases. This is my idea because you can spend ages putting together a pulled-together plain outfit. Can't say I spent hours doing that. But, you know, your suitcase could potentially let down the whole look. I like mm. this piece very much. I do too. Mm. Yeah. Only because we are in the market for some new suitcases. I'm looking at away, away and away, I think, <laughs> at the moment. Although Remo do very good suitcases as well. But modern suitcases, A they look good, B, they have really good wheels that really easy especially they
1: also have all oh, have phone charges. On I know. Yeah, that's that's amazing, amazing, oh, isn't it? So cool. expensive. Yeah. It literally blows my mind what people can spend on a piece of luggage.
4: I looked up the Trotter ones after I read this and they're quite nice.
3: Definitely they are expensive.
4: Aren't they?
1: Yeah, they're, are
3: expensive? they're expensive. Yeah. yeah, they're like four figures. I quite like a hold-all. Sorry to <laughs> take off topic a bit, But I have the Samsonite kind of zip-up, squidgy. So you still pull it. Mm. It's got wheels. Um, it's got wheels. And it has pockets at the end. It's got a pocket on the side. And then yeah. inside, what I love is the squidgy element where you can just keep packing it in. I'm sort of with you, actually. I do quite like that. I think you can always fit more in the hard suitcases. You? Than you think you can. Are they lighter now than they used to yeah. be? that's why we went into the squidgy market you're right I'm with you actually as long as it's got wheels as long as it's got wheels Yeah. yeah so the kids can
2: pull their own yeah we really need some new luggage we've got a real mismatch of stuff should I tell you what happened to me First holiday after our honeymoon, we'd put some really nice bricks luggage on our mm. wedding list, and I went to pick it up from my in-laws, and I put it in the back of the car. Didn't lock the car. <gasps> and went into the flat, no, Someone just took it out the back of the car. To the oh my god! Two was- bricks. Two brand new bricks. Totes. <sighs> so I know. That was a long time ago. I still haven't got over it. Anyway, we really need to up the game actually on luggage. Ollie has this. We both have a cabin one, and his
4: broke so long ago that the handle doesn't come up anymore so he just has to carry it around oh like that's a true. little or man bag.
2: <laughs> I might buy yourself a new yeah, one that's also this is it a box yeah a hard yeah oh god that's irritating it looks ridiculous it. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of walking in
1: airport. <laughs> yeah. yeah next just
2: Christmas present one. yeah Regina I think you make a point I'm definitely in the market for some new luggage but I might investigate the Squidgy bags. Squidgy bags. Yeah. Bag. Maybe I think there's another feature coming. A squidgy bag. Right now. On that note, that's all we've got time <laughs> for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please like, subscribe, and tell your friends. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?